Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for November 15th, 2023. Softer data doesn't guarantee a soft landing. Inflation is easing and consumers continue to spend. Some pundits are calling for the U.S. economy to achieve the often elusive soft landing, but we aren't as convinced. In this podcast, We'll provide our thoughts on inflation and consumer spending as we draw closer to the biggest shopping day of the year. This is Brian Kirk, and with me to dive deeper into inflation and retail sales data, our nationwide senior economist, Ben Ayers, and financial market economist, Oren Klatchkin. Ben, let's hear from you first. It looks like financial markets were pretty pleased with the cooler inflation data for October. Some metrics are showing that inflation is essentially back to pre-pandemic trends. Can you walk us through some of the main takeaways from the data? Sure. You know, it was really a welcome reprieve within inflation data with the, the flat reading for the consumer price index in October. This lowered the year-over-year reading to 3.2%. So there was some recent increase in the rate we touched down to 3.0% earlier this year. We went up a little bit in the past couple of months, and we kind of reversed that in October. So still staying in that 3 to 3.5% range, but certainly still seeing some great signs of cooling of the inflation pressures across the economy. In October, lower gasoline prices really led the way. They were down 5% for the month, and that offset a rise in food prices. But there's still some good news, I think, even with that rise in food prices. Grocery bills, they're, they're still going up, but not nearly as much as they have been over the past couple of years. So year-over-year inflation for prices at the grocery store are only up about 2.1% as of October. So that and some of the lower prices at the pump are really helping to ease much of the day-to-day inflation pressures for many households. But when I look at the data for October, it was really what jumped out was the cooler core CPI reading. It was only up 0.2% for the month. And that's probably the most encouraging thing as as we look at the, the price environment, particularly what the Fed is looking at as far as some cooling readings on the services side of the economy. Since March of 2021, there have only been four months that were a monthly reading of 0.2% or lower, and three of those occurred in the past four months. Uh, so we certainly have seen some cooler numbers recently. That's a sign that, you know, again, the strong rate increases from the Fed are starting to work. We're seeing some cooling of activity across the economy, and that's finally flowing into some of the key inflation measures like the core CPI that we look at uh, as far as cooling down some of the inflationary pressure across the economy. Now, annual core inflation still sits at 4%. Um, so we're not down to the 2% or at least 2.5% that the Fed would like to see. So there's more work to be done. Uh, and, and even when you take a 0.2% increase on a monthly basis, if we did that all year long, we'd still be about 2.5%. So we're not quite yet to the levels that would say victory has been achieved. You know, I think we are still on a path to get down to 2% eventually. Could take a while to get there, but we certainly are seeing some much improvement over the past couple months. You know, you look back a year ago, the core CPI sat at 6.3%. So coming from 6.3% down to the current 4%, that's clearly some improvement and has told us that some of the froth has come off of the core inflationary environment. And that's a good sign for the Fed and a good sign that, you know, hopefully maybe the Fed might be done raising rates as we look out over the rest of the year. Diving a little deeper into that core CPI number, core goods prices edged down for the fifth consecutive month. So we're clearly past those supply chain concerns that we had a few years ago. That certainly faded far into the rearview mirror. 
Um, core services rose a more modest 0.3% in October, still seeing some pressure upward from shelter costs, but that came back down to earth a little bit after a spike in September. So again, maybe it's a sign that you know the housing component, the service component that has been the most concerning part of inflation for much of this year are starting to ease and see some downward pressure back to where the Fed would like it to be. Um, transportation services remains the primary bugaboo within the uh, the core CPI measures, especially costs for motor vehicle repairs, costs for motor vehicle insurance. Um, there really are some other signs of positive things, and some of those pressures on the motor vehicle side are kind of masking some of the improvement that we're seeing elsewhere. Um, a super core CPI measure, again, that's your core services less the housing component, was up only 0.2%. In October, with a yearly rating of, of about 3.6%. So again, not where we want it to be, but you know, you got to go through these numbers before you get down to where you want to be. And we're clearly, hopefully, on that trajectory in a downward fashion with inflation. Again, positive signs overall. So, you know, stepping back, I think it's a really an overall positive update on inflation that we got for October, especially since there's been some upside surprises in recent months. So it's good to finally see something come in at or even a little bit below expectations as we saw with those October numbers. And this is helping incomes. You know, you think of tying this back to the consumer, you know, incomes are still climbing moderately and households are finally catching up to some of the rapid inflation that we've seen in recent years. Real incomes, which is just your normal incomes adjusted for inflation, were positive in four of the past five months. So, you know, likely to grow again in October as well. So this is giving consumers more wherewithal to keep spending. And that, you know, despite many of the concerns that we have on the horizon about maybe a potential recession on the way next year. Well, thank you, Ben. Let's talk to Oren about that uh, in terms of consumer spending. So, Oren, Ben provided us some positive news about the uh, inflation trends, and we'll use that to assess the economic environment. But another very important factor is understanding what's happening with consumers. Can you walk us through the details of the October retail sales report? Sure. So, I would say that the main takeaway from the October retail sales report is that slowing income expansion, falling excess savings, and more restrictive credit is you know, slowly but surely constraining consumers' ability to go out and uh, spend. So total retail sales last month were down a, a very minor 0.1% month over month. That comes in the wake of a 0.9% month over month increase in September. So the handoff for the expansion into the final months of 2023 looks fairly solid, I would say. Um, you know, if we drill into the um, numbers a little bit, we can see that consumers reined in on big ticket items such as furniture and autos as well. They also paired back some other spending on discretionary things such as uh, sporting goods. Again, just to uh, drill into the numbers a little more, I would note that the drop in um, furniture spending was actually the fourth straight monthly decline. And to me, that's really a signal not only that you know the higher interest rate environment is you know uh, slowly but surely weighing on consumers' ability to spend, but it also serves as a reminder that consumers are shifting their spending patterns away from goods items that everyone was purchasing in 2020 and in 2021 when the economy was basically shut down. And they're now shifting more towards services and those things that basically they couldn't do during the height of the pandemic. 
I would note that there was also some visible strength in spending on electronics, and there was also some strength in non-discretionary items uh, as well. So again, just another indication that consumers remain willing to spend. Last but certainly not least, I would note that spending on food services, which is our proxy for leisure and hospitality spending in the retail sales report, showed that uh, there was a willingness among consumers to go out and spend on discretionary services. We'll get a better idea of the services picture at the end of the month with the PCE numbers that we get for October. The retail sales numbers generally are more giving us insight into goods and how and how much and, and basically on what consumers spent within the goods component of their consumer spending basket. But this data all in all suggests that consumers, again, remain very willing to spend. Right now, the data points essentially in our thoughts to a 1% annualized increase in real consumer spending in the final quarter. That comes in the wake of a much stronger 4.9% increase in Q3. So again, you know, the uh, consumer re- remains willing to spend. It's just not at the pace that we saw in Q3. And that's, I would say also just a final note here is a fairly healthy thing, right? We don't nor should we expect consumers to be able to continue to spend at you know a 4% pace, a 5% pace. Eventually, we want actually the pace to slow towards a more sustainable rate. And, 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 and I would say that this data just shows us that we're on the path towards that more sustainable pace. Well, thank you. I appreciate that look ahead now. Let's go ahead and look further ahead into 2024. I see that you... And looks like Ben also, you each brought your own crystal ball to the recording studio for this podcast. I'd love to see if you could look deeply into that crystal ball, Oren, if you could. And what's in store for the U.S. consumer as we head into next year, 2024? And what are some of the key drivers that's causing that picture to to look the way it does? Sure. So, you know, as of right now, and in, in the answer I responded to your earlier question, I, I would say that there is enough resiliency in the fundamental picture uh, that will keep consumers uh, spending in the final months of 2023. And, you know, I say this because we are about two weeks into the holiday uh, shopping season. And so we essentially see that the continued backdrop of job increases, rising wages, alongside some lingering excess savings and healthy household balance sheets should support consumer spending in the final months. I would say that we're looking for a fairly reasonable increase in holiday sales in 2023, though to be sure the annual gain will not be particularly impressive relative to the gains that we saw in 2022 and in 2021. Much like the larger set of economic numbers that we've gotten recently, we essentially just expect the holiday season figures to signal a gradual um, return to the pre-pandemic consumer spending um, environment. Looking further ahead into 2024, we do think that consumers are going to pare back. We see basically a environment of uh, jobs that will be on a much softer trend, and we actually expect some job losses next year. We also think that wage inflation is going to be much softer. If we look at 
what is the key factor behind consumer spending, it is without doubt the labor market. And so as we see those, you know, softer job gains, and again, you know, the job losses alongside cooler wage gains, that will inevitably lead consumers to pare back on their spending. Further, we're also going to be in an environment of high interest rates and tight credit conditions. And while that isn't posing, I would say, a particularly large headwind on consumers right now, we do think that 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 headwind is going to increase as we move into 2024. And this will be a further constraint because we are going to be in an environment where basically all the excess savings are going to be completely gone. And so consumers are not going to have that additional buffer for them to support their spending. And so this basically forms the fundamental reason as to why we expect there to be a um, mild recession. I would say that, you know, the path towards a recession basically is uh, dictated, in essence, by the U.S. consumer. And in turn, consumers, you know, willingness to spend is dictated by their job gains and the pace of wage increases. And so because of those factors, we think that consumers will pull back. I would finally note that we do think that big ticket spending is going to suffer the um, most, again, just given the higher interest rate environment and tighter credit environment. And then that's just also typical generally of what we see when the U.S. enters a recession. Yeah, thank you, Oren. Uh, you know, Ben, earlier you talked to us about the uh, in the current trends we're seeing in inflation, which look more much more positive than we've seen in the past. Uh, so if you don't mind, tell us more about that in terms of outlook for what you see in the weeks and the months and maybe even the next year. What's your outlook for inflation looking ahead? Yeah, I mean, much like what Oren laid out for the consumer, you know, we're expecting to see a gradually cooler path for inflation, we're, we're not going to get all the way back down to 2% very quickly. You know, in many cases, the estimates have shown it could be much harder to get from the, you know, 3 to 4%, depending on whether you're looking at the overall CPI or the core CPI, down to that 2 to 2.5%. Two this might be the hardest part to achieve. Um, but in the very near term here, you know, halfway through November, it does look like there could be a softer print for the CPI this month as well. Um, you know, energy prices continue to fall. We've seen, you know, crude oil prices down below $80 a barrel, and that's putting more downward pressure on energy prices. So, you know, the latest estimate from the Cleveland Fed, they show about a flat reading to slightly positive reading for the month. And again, that would be a continuation of the cooler trend in October and a continuation of slowing down the overall inflationary pressure, but kind of focused on the, the energy component that we've seen over the past month or two here. And that would put the overall CPI in track to end this year a little bit above 3%. Um, so yet again, not all the way down to 2%, but you know, we came into the year about 65 to 7%. That's a, it's a pretty big improvement over the year and sets us up hopefully for some further downtrend as we go into 2024. Core inflation is probably going to end the year a little higher, probably closer to about 4%. And again, that's probably the one that the Fed is more focused on at this point. Um, Obviously, that's still pretty far from their goal of 2%. So still a journey to go that will take, you know, probably most, if not all of 2024 and probably even in the 2025 before we get to the point that we're back down to that two to two and a half percent range that the Fed would like to see. You know, we expect to see overall inflation. We swung around a little bit by energy costs, 
but you know our focus is going to be on that core prices um, and that's really the area that's probably likely to prove sticky and, and could have a big influence on the path that we see for the Fed from interest rates as we look out over the year, kind of emphasizing that higher for longer type look that we're expecting from the Fed as we look out over the rest of the year. I think by the end of next year, we could see the core CPI right about 3%, maybe a little above, a little bit below. And so clearly still moving in the right direction, but it could be a bit of a slog from here. And we're, again, we're probably not hitting that two and a half to two to two and a half percent until we get into 2025 and probably a lot of shifts in the data to happen in the meantime over the next year, particularly for layering and a modest recession, cutbacks and spending, et cetera, et cetera. So what does this all mean for the Fed? You know, I think that's the big question when you're looking at an outlook for inflation. What does that mean for the Fed and what, what response are they going to have? You know, we feel that inflation is on track to get back to the Fed's goal um, eventually. You know, again, going to take a while to get there. And so that likely means we won't see any more rate hikes from the Fed over this cycle. I think they're done at this stage, particularly given some of the softer data that we've seen recently with the, you know, the weaker jobs print in October, the weaker CPI print, the decline in retail sales that we've talked about today. That really sets the stage for the Fed to pause again as we go into December. And I think by the time you're turning the page into 2024, they're going to say we're done with rate hikes at that point. The question is, when do they start to institute an easing cycle? And again, because we see inflation lingering on, particularly the core inflation, the services inflation, not expecting a very quick shift over to rate cuts. I think the first rate cut may not happen until mid-2024, maybe as early as May, but maybe more likely not till the June meeting from the FOMC. And even then, if they do start to lower rates, we're not expecting to be a sharp downward trend. They're going to be a little tentative with this, really to make sure that inflation does actually get back down to the ranges that they want it to be. Um, so that really underpins our call that we still expect a recession over the course of 2024, probably focused on the early to mid parts of next year. Hopefully a short-lived one and a less severe one, but a recession nonetheless. Well, thank you, Ben, for that. And also, Oren, thank you for your insight as well on CPI and retail sales data. Yeah, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the current state of the auto market and also provide our reaction to the FOMC's announcement at their upcoming meeting in December, the one that Ben was just talking about there. And we're also very excited about their upcoming podcasts. We're going to talk about the advancements of artificial intelligence and some of the productivity and economic impact from that as well. Make sure you subscribe to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023, Nationwide.